hello and welcome to episode 12 of Boobs, Blades and Body Art, a lady's guide to nerdom. Your hosts today are myself, Becky, and the lovely and wonderful... Myself, Becca. Woo! We're cheering for knowing our own name. Yes. <laughs> In today's episode, we're going to be talking about about getting ranty at movies so these are not like oh in that scene of um the fighty thing spartan spartan spartacus but i am that guy 300 maybe there is a plane in the you can see it in the sky and obviously oh, that's called ben-hur darling what that's called ben-hur ben-hur Okay, um, but yes, that's not what we're getting ranty about. We're getting ranty about just the movies. The movies themselves, like yeah. why it's you know this is going to be very strong opinions on why we don't like these movies. I'm sure some people will disagree with us. Yeah, but this is our podcast, so shush. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we don't like these movies, that's our choice. And yes, and it might be that we would like aspects of these movies just overall we don't like them or we'd like these movies if a little thing was different there are definitely a few of these that will be if they change like one or two things i'd like them but or they over changed things Mm. but anyway we we will start i think we we both agreed on the one we wanted to start with i'd say the one the three we wanted to start with for they are a trilogy that shouldn't be a trilogy because no. they're based on a short book. Uh, these are the Hobbit films. And honestly, where to begin with those? Well, yeah. I mean, just the fact that they are three films when it's one short book is bad enough. Like, yeah. Lord of the Rings got three films because it's three books. Yeah. And, okay, the and Lord of the Rings... sizable books. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings films do have like um, an extended edition as well, where they're a bit longer, but yes. it's not that much longer. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not I think... three movies worth longer. <laughs> no, that's not. You know, I do love all the things. Like, I feel stretched. Like taking a short novel and making it three films, yeah. and also The Hobbit have extended editions as well. Yes. So they what thought, you, you know, this worked. <laughs> yes. Oh, we're putting in scenes that kind of make sense. I, because th- like some people are like, well, Gandalf shouldn't be in it and Legolas shouldn't be in it. I don't mind those two being there because a Legolas hadn't been created as a character, but Thunderil is always his father, so Tolkien hadn't made him up yet. So I don't mind him being there. I mean, yeah. they kind of made Orlando Bloom look really weird. They actually made him look older than he's meant to be by trying to make him look younger. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why they do that sometimes, but... Uh, well, this is... It's just so silly. Yeah. And um, also Gandalf, I didn't mind, because his story was kind of happening. It should have been happening in the background where he goes and looks for the necromancer, because that is actually in the Silmarillion, which is just a very dense book of lore for Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. uh, for the Middle Earth entirely. Yeah. And that kind of happens in there. I think it's that one that happens anyway. But so, I d- again, I don't mind that. For example, something I didn't like was Tariel. Because why the fuck was she there? Um, 
women. <laughs> yeah, we. It was, look, <laughs> Tolkien wasn't great at writing women. He knew this, so he didn't try and write that many. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was an author that knew his limitations, and um, but clearly, but clearly, they decided that we needed one. Yeah. We also needed a love triangle aspect. Yeah, with thing. a dwarf. With a dwarf and Legolas. Yeah. And it's like And the, oh. obviously the elf. And it's just And like... also the the pretty dwarf as well. Did you yes. notice that there were the pretty I got a thing with that with why were there like randomly two pretty dwarfs who were always on the front of all the posters? Yeah. And it's like I like I like the other ones. I wanna talk about Biffa who's got an axe in his head. Why are we not talking about him? Yeah. Or starfish head. Or other people whose character names I've completely forgotten. Because it annoyed me. Um. The thing that I really dislike about the Hobbit movies is, like, just the overuse of CGI. Like, uh, CGI yeah. can be done well. CGI. And the original Lord of the Rings, they were mostly, um, you Practical know, effects. Practical effects. Why do we have so much CGI? Well, this is the thing, like, you know, you know my feelings towards CGI. Anyone who's ever spoken to me about movies knows my feelings towards CGI. I fucking hate it. Yeah. Over reliance on it is such a big thing now. CGI should be used to enhance what is already there. That yeah. is what CGI should only be used for. You should do as much practical. That is why those films, Lord of Rings films, came out in two thousand and one. Those films are twenty years old, yeah. and they look as good now as they did then. And that is because of the use of practical effects. They made all those orc costumes. They made all that armor. They mm. made all those people. They went and got more people to fill in the ranks. Yeah. They had one of the biggest, or one of the largest amounts of horses ever on camera for the ride of the Rohirrim coming in. You know, shockingly, the CGI that's in there, like, like the elephants, are shockingly not real. Yeah. Because elephants don't exist. But, um, or mumma kills, whatever you want to call them. Um, but that CGI doesn't look bad mm-hmm. because all the close-ups are large mi- or the bigatures, so the big miniatures that they made, or they're f- zooming in on practical stuff that is happening. So the bits of CGI you see look fine because you're yeah. like your brain fills in. And we're going to bring up my hatred towards CGI quite a few times. It has ruined many a good film or what mm. would have been a good film. <laughs> We'll save Becca's full-on rant about CGI for a different film. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would. Those films probably would have done better if you'd taken out the unnecessary. Yeah. So the unnecessary love triangle, the unnecessary comedy relief moments that just mm-hmm. felt weird. Like Martin Freeman as young Bilbo was brilliant. Richard Armitage as Thorin was wonderful. I'm never going to complain about seeing Ian McKellen being Gandalf again. Yeah. But you have these beautiful pictures of him sat in the in the um, Hobbit hole from Lord of the Rings. And then you see him sat on a green screen for Hobbit. And you're like, why? Mm. We did it for one. You had less of a budget. You get twice the budget for this and you can't be bothered. Yeah. The other weird thing like going back to their decision upon the story rather than mm-hmm. like the practical and cgi effects they decided to kill or get rid of smaug during the second film 
That's how the second film ends. The second film ends in the... Wait, is that the actual ending? Or is it he flies out at the end and then he dies right at the beginning of the third one? I can't remember exactly, but... I I think, no, he does the I am am fire, I am death. So he has this awesome little setup. He's going to attack Lake Town. There's going to be an epic fight. It's two minutes long and then he dies. And you're like, hang on, he's the big bad. Yeah, what are you doing for film three? (laughs) I'm ten minutes in. I'm ten minutes into my third film where I'm expecting this awesome fight with a big dragon who's meant to be one of the most powerful dragons that exists in Middle-earth and he's just died like a wimp. Yeah. Because Bard the Bowman um, has... uh, Luke Evans has shot him with a bow. Yeah. And again the, the stuff at Lake Town was fine but also overdone and mm-hmm. the battle, like the battle of the five armies, the big battle at the end, which they were saying, Oh, it's gonna be like the battle for Ministerith. So okay, you you're putting out an open comparison. Okay. One of those is a blurry CGI mess where for some reason at one point there's battle goats that they cut in and then they cut out and then they cut back in again and then they cut back out again. And you know what? I fucking keep the battle goats. They look awesome. Um, Biddy Connolly was in it for some people who didn't actually know. He was in there briefly and they (laughs) cut out most of his stuff. And it's like, well, hold on. Why have you done this? Yeah. And also you have Thorin. um, You have a really nice development of Thorin over the first two films where he doesn't want to fall into the tropes of his family. Mm-hmm. You kind of see him see that gold and it kind of tries to take him and you think he's going to overcome it. And then just in the third film, he goes, nah, 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 I'm crazy now and I want everything to die. Yeah. And it's like, okay, wh- wait, 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 why is, why is he being done the dirty? He's a cool character. If we're going to just kind of occasionally use the, the story that the film is based on, why not just give Thorin a more decisive ending decide what he's going to do let him be redeemed let him destroy the gold also their understanding of how hot molten gold is I have a big problem with where he rides along in a wheelbarrow sorry the the melting point of gold is like over a thousand yes (laughs) Um, like you would not be surviving you would jump in that wheelbarrow and his legs would melt off yeah um (laughs) wheelbarrow I thought they were on like a wooden shield it's either a shield or Not a wheelbarrow. Shield, sorry, a metal shield. I was about to say, I can't remember exactly. It might be a shield, actually. It's something from the forge. Yeah. Um, and they... Um, but yeah, the Battle of the Five Armies that was meant to be this huge climax point of these three films, the, what they were building to, like what Lord of the Rings did, they had their big fights, and mm-hmm. then it was meant to be the Battle of Minas Tirith, which was a big fight. And it is a big fight. It's a memorable fight. I mean, it's not my personal favourite, but that's because I'm a lady of Rohan, really. And <laughs> so, but the Battle of the Five Armies is such a forgettable fight. Yeah. Like, there's there's stuff that I'll, I'll see something talking about it and I'll go, oh, yeah, that happened. Like, do you remember the big tunnelling worms that are in that fight? Nope. See? They're there. <laughs> That's a thing that happens. There's big tunneling worms in that fight. They also get cut in and out, so I can't remember which version that is because I'm me and I've seen all the versions. Cause... But you know what? I'm, I haven't rewatched them since I saw the extended versions of The Hobbit. Yeah. 
I've watched Lord of the Rings way more. Um, which is why I'm always wary when each time I see they're bringing Amazon Prime is doing a to a new Lord of the Rings series, but we're setting it in, in the first age. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but you know that means like most of the characters that people know can't be there yet, right? Because yeah. they're not alive yet. Like, we can have some of the elves, because they're really, really old, but no hobbits. Mm-hmm. The, um, really many. Just going back to you talking about them riding the gold, you know the other thing that really annoys me about the Hobbit films? What? Them in the barrels when they're escaping, and they jump in the barrels and they go <laughs> down that, um like... The river. The river, and... the. They are literally like bouncing off of rocks and the river and the water is moving so quickly those barrels would have been destroyed. There is no way that any single one of those people would have survived that barrel adventure. <laughs> that was what I was saying with like the token comedy bits. Yeah. The thi the, the one I really didn't like is Bomber. So he's the, the bigger of the dwarves, the one that's always eating because mm -hmm. funny. Um, he's the one that you see ricochet around and at one yeah. point... He starts fighting and you see his arms pop out the sides mm -hmm. and he's still wearing the barrel. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah. This is, you know, dwarves are meant to be fearsome fighters. Mm -hmm. No matter what they are, they're meant to be. And these are meant to be some of, you know, these are Thorin's trusted friends and fighters. So they'll be good. Why? What? What? No. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it is, uh... Probably one of my favourite bits of that fil those films altogether is the riddles in the dark bit where you get to see Gollum, you see um, Bilbo get the ring. You know, the kind of crux of that, the mm -hmm. whole story, the bit you people who've seen Lord of the Rings really wanted to see, they actually did that really nicely and you got the fun riddles and yeah. it was really nice seeing Andy Serkis being Gollum again and him showing that he's just wonderful. And they didn't really have to worry about making Gollum look any different so they could just kind of use the model that they used in Lord of the Rings but slightly improve him mm -hmm. and it worked because they didn't try and change too much so the best bit is where they hearken back to the originals yeah and I think that's the thing like with The Hobbit is there are some good bits in it but it really didn't need to be three movies long been three films they really didn't need to include half of the stuff that they included. Like, um... Yeah, there's there's so much. Like, I enjoyed... The Radagast the Brown as well got done dirty. Mm. Radagast the Brown is a really cool character, and Sylvester McCoy playing him was a really nice choice. I was really excited when I heard that he was going to play Radagast the Brown, but then they kind of made him into the hippie druggie. Yeah. And he's a he's an incredibly powerful wizard who just prefers nature. Mm. That doesn't make him a hippie that really likes smoking weed, which is yeah. definitely what they implied. They really <laughs> hit the stereotypes in that film. You know, like the dwarves were, you know, there for the comedy effect. Yeah. And what I liked is you got some of the, the dwarf songs, which was really mm. nice. You had the Misty Mountain song that was nice, the Blunt the Knives song. You got to see the more fun element of the dwarves that you didn't really see in Lord of the Rings, which was nice because the dwarves are meant to be these jovial characters, mm. but they're just also battle-hardened. They can do both. Yeah. And so it was nice having that element, but then they kind of, oh, well, everyone really liked it when they were being funny, so we'll make them be funny more. Yeah. And... 
we've got to have characters that people can want and fancy so we'll have two pretty dwarves and mm-hmm. um, we'll also make sure that Thorin doesn't look too weird oh don't worry Orlando Bloom's back yeah but we've made him glow funny and also gravity doesn't work for him anymore that bit pissed me off so much. on the horse <laughs> no the bit it's in the final one there's a tower falling and Aww. he runs up falling rubble yeah defying gravity and i was like just just make him jump onto a bit and climb up don't make him do this ridiculous weird thing because it's so out of there is a bit though and i'm pretty sure it is in the hobbits because i really don't remember seeing like i i really don't remember lord of the rings having such bad practice uh visual effects but like one of them is shooting an arrow and like he jumps off of the horse and does some weird like no i think i know which bit you're talking about he um loses an arrow grabs a horse and jumps onto it yes that's from lord of the rings that's the one janky bit that's from lord of the rings and everyone points it out when you see it yeah but that's the thing that's the one janky bit from lord of the rings i i'm not gonna i mean i'm sure if i sat and thought about it for a really long time bits from lord of the rings that i'd improve change and things like that Mm. but it was that was the bit they were trying to basically what they were trying to do is they were trying to showcase how light and how fast he is in one little bit that he could do all of this in a blink of an eye almost yeah and basically what they did is they kind of messed with the motion blur too much they made him look too weird yeah whereas they kind of learned they did better like you see him walking on the top of snow that's a way better way to show how light and kind of airy he is i also like to think therefore he's full of helium um (laughs) (laughs) if you give elves too much helium they float away (laughs) um but but no see that's the thing like there's one bit of cgi that i I really didn't like in lord of the rings but i can forgive it because the rest of it's so good whereas the cgi in the hobbit is a I wanted to like The Hobbit so much. Everyone did. I wanted to. But it just let us down. It did. I'm going to get angered. Should we, should we move on from The Hobbit? Yes, I think, I think, I think we're, we're going to... It's all right. Let's carry on with Becca's hatred of CGI. Yes. And we're going to talk about one that, again, I really wanted to be good. And that is The Thing. The prequel. Because... Yay for naming things in ridiculous ways. We are not talking about the 80s The Thing, which is fucking amazing. We're going to talk about The Thing that came out, I think, in the 2000s. It's a prequel to John Carpenter's The Thing. And it looked great to start with because they were doing everything practical. So it mirrored John Carpenter's one because the story lines up and explains how the thing got there and what happened at the Norwegian um, site to make the thing come to them. And Mm. the thing is a film I adore. I love that film. I will watch it when I'm sad. It's not a, it's a weird film to watch when you're sad, but it makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like lots of people dying to make me happy, apparently. And um, they, they, so they released all these awesome stills of all this practical effects. And that's what I saw. So I was really excited. And then, Busybodies turned up and went, no, CGI, CGI better. Mm. And we got the film we got. They also changed the ending massively because they decided that people wouldn't understand the ending they'd made. Uh, okay. Um, basically, they go inside the ship which the alien came from. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen a film that I think is quite old now. 
also don't just go watch John Carpenter's one. It's way, way better. Um, <laughs> and they, they were going to talk to the pilot of this ship. So this weird looking alien. Um, and they're going to have a conversation. And they went, no, that, that's, that's too weird. We don't like that. So instead, they go and talk to this weird pixel monster. Okay. That's like a computer. Yeah, I'd say if you if you know if you liked the thing, the remakey one. It's not a remake; it's a prequel. Um, yay! I'm really pleased for you. If you like practical effects and you wanted to like that film, if you go and look at the stuff that exists, it looks incredible. Mm. It was so beautiful how it was done. Again, I'm going to keep harking on about my love of practical effects. <laughs> I am obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> I have many a book, and I considered doing it for a career. Uh, instead I thought let's dig up dead people instead that's way more fun and it's just it's a film that, again I, I it got done the dirty it was a film that was set up to be brilliant and they just meddling editors and busybodies and came in and went no this film looks too good we'll make too much money off of this let's make it just boom because yeah the, 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 a thing that everyone remembers from The, Hob uh, the Hobbit Blech. we've talked about The Hobbit too much The Thing, I think it's because everything starts with The we need to talk about a film that doesn't start with The um, <laughs> that starts with the, the, um, the Thing is the, is the practical effects the practical effects are, are the, the thing that made The Thing stand out you have a person's head grow spider legs and run away and skitter around you have a chest open up that you're not expecting and bite someone's arms off Yes. These are awesome and they are overshadowed. A film from the 80s overshadows a film that was made when making practical effects is easier and we are better at it now. They didn't have to overcome such weird things mm. that they would have had to do when this film came out in the 80s. And they, they went, no, we want to make it look worse. Yeah. Because that CGI also hasn't aged well. No. So if you watch it now, it doesn't compare to the CGI we're producing now. And if it was a good film, I'd still forgive it. Yeah, because I it's have not. just and I it want... up and it's 2011. 2011? Yeah. I don't know. Can you see any of the stills of the CGI from that? If you look on the images for it. Because um... you might be able to. They normally have some of the, like, the monster faces. Because I'm going to go with you've not seen this. Oh. You... Oh. That is a fist. <laughs> that is a two-person fist. Oh, right. So th there's a really awesome model for that one. They actually made that thing. Ah. Um, and there's a huge practical uh, cast for it. Yeah. And it's awesome. And then, yeah, the face that you're looking at is what we got. Oh, I found all the... Um... The practical? The practical effects. Can you see how good it looks compared? Yeah. Right? See, that shows. They did the effort. They made it look awesome. And then someone came in. I don't blame the actors. I don't blame the directors. Um, of course, they had to try and top certain things that happened in... Or not top, but do differently. Yeah. So um, a famous scene in The Thing is where they're testing everyone's blood with a, a hot piece of metal they're poking mm. into it and then one person's blood goes Meh. they had to kind of try and have their own scene and they did their best with it but when they have their kind of scare 
it's CGI-y shit, so it doesn't work as well. Yeah. Whereas watching someone's blood become weirdly sentient and run away from you or jump up and screech, it just... Yeah. Again, I think that is a film, if they'd left it alone, it would have been amazing and it would have been held up with its predecessor, which is very rarely done with films that have such a big gap between them. So, you okay there? You look like you're giggling wildly. <laughs> so, um, I carried on looking at pictures whilst you were just, like, wrapping up then. And is the one where, like, the woman's body... Ah, she's going... Yeah, and, like, the face is ripping out of the rest of it. Yeah. And it's just a man with his, like, little green head sticking through walking around. <laughs> it's just... I, just... I do feel bad for <laughs> actors when they have to act opposite... Like, practical effects, you can see it and go, ooh, that's horrible. Whereas if you've got a guy in a green skirt going, towards you, I'm scary, think I'm a big monster, he'd have a really hard time not giggling. I'd be like, like, act scared, and I'm like, and they're like, you're scared? I'm like, yes, I'm scared of the green suit man. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, dear. But yes, so that was my giggle for the day. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, so if everyone wants a giggle, go look up the green suits because you'll be you'll find it hilarious. Look up people having to react. I think my just a complete quick side note for that. My favorite thing for that is from the Twilight films. This is the most I've seen of them, and it's where she's stroking Taylor Latner's head. Yes, because he's pretending to be that didn't have to be him, and you can see both of them are uncomfortable. Yeah, but she's stroking the. Just get a cardboard cutout. <laughs> make that less awkward for everyone because yeah. yeah but yeah that's just a complete side note yeah so uh, let's move on to the next films that we're going to talk about which is The Last Airbender yep. Dragon Ball Z and all the Netflix live action films <laughs> of that ilk so working yeah. for a, like an anime yeah. um, because apparently no one can do it right no the Last Airbender was shockingly awful. It Last does not Airbender even deserve to be. This is obviously again we're talking about the movies here. The movie, <laughs> not the show. Go yeah. watch the show. The, the show, show is, is amazing. Yeah. Just if you've seen the film and you thought it was okay, watch the show. You'll realise why the film is a bit shit. Yeah. Um, also, you'll discover that most of the characters aren't white guys. Um, because that was a thing that happened. Yeah. Also, they did that with Dragon Ball Z. I didn't know if you knew that there was a Dragon Ball Z film. I didn't, actually. There is. Um, I will have to send you the poster because I actually mentioned that I was going to bring up the Dragon Ball Z movie and to someone and they said, I forgot that was made. Yeah. Because it did so badly and literally they released the poster for it and everyone kind of went, what? <laughs> Hang on. Also, in fairness, trying to find it is really difficult um, because people are like, "Hang on." Here we go. So, do you know much of um, Dragon Ball Z? Um, I don't know a huge amount. Because... Sorry, it was called Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, okay. Uh, the film was anyway. I went to send that to you on a completely different thing, and that wouldn't have helped because I also nearly sent it to someone else. <laughs> it would help if I actually sent it to you. Really? Did you not download? Fuck you, Google. Hope everyone's enjoying this live Googling that's going on. Live Googling is from from, from me. 
But um, yeah, let's just, whilst you're finding the Dragon Ball Evolution movie poster, the Netflix live action films, I think we spoke about them a little bit in our anime um, yes. episode or animated movies episode. Um, and we spoke about just how awful they are. Like, Netflix did not do. Oh, wow. Doesn't that, so I've just sent so I've just sent that to Becky now the the the, the poster doesn't that scream Dragon Ball doesn't that main guy scream a Dragon Ball protagonist to you? Uh, yeah, totally. Why do they do like live action out of anime? Because everybody knows that the anime hair is not really how anybody's hair ever looks. Yes, and when the... you see it on a real person, it just looks stupid yeah that's actually yeah that's the soundtrack because when cds were made for the soundtracks of it that got one um oh just yeah i remember seeing a poster for that and i kind of winced but you know the netflix things yep right so i think the the the, probably the three the three that we're gonna say is the format alchemist adaptation Mm -hmm. the death note adaptation and the bleach adaptation i have watched all of those now i have brought forced myself to watch all of them (laughs) and that's the crux i have forced myself actually no i watched one willingly because i was hopeful i watched the second i watched the second one kind of willingly because i was watching it with a friend and we were both kind of okay that's not as bad as i thought and then the third one I actually physically forced myself to watch. So the first one I watched was the Death Note adaptation. And I know you've seen, have you seen, you've seen the uh, anime for yeah. Death Note. Really cool story, right? Yeah, it's wonderful. You know how Light's a really deep and interesting character? <laughs> yeah. And L is a really deep and interesting character. Uh-huh. Forget that nonsense. L's a panicky shit. <laughs> what? Oh, it's all right. He still sits in the funny position that he sits in in the, oh, in the show. Okay, because that's the important bit. That's the important part of it. Yeah. Yeah. The best part of that of that adaptation, the only part of it I liked, was um, William Defoe being the the um, the I've forgotten the Shugami or whatever they're called. Mm. I'm probably hideously mispronounced that word, and I'm very sorry. But that's the only redeeming part of that. And guess what? CGI for that's not great. Because um, <laughs> of course it's not. They also try and condense the whole of Death Note into that one film. Which is worse, like, trying to condense something into a single film is worse than extending one across three films, in my opinion. Because you just can't condense that much into one film there just isn't enough time well i think that's where also where um the format alchemist alchemist one really feels the brunt of it because full metal alchemist is a very well it's not a very long anime it's a closed series but it's quite a long one it's there's two versions of it mm-hmm. there's um and it's one um, anyone who's listened to this and listen to our anime one knows that i love that anime it's one of my favourites. It's a really nice one to watch. They change the villains. They make one guy who is a really bad guy, like, the main bad guy. Uh-huh. And they take away a lot of... They take away a lot of the charm. That's yeah. main, A big part of that anime is it's so dreadfully charming. 
And a lot of that is kind of thrown out the window to make it gritty. Mm. And I was like, why have you done this to me? Like, you know what I always wish that they did with it? Rather than telling us the story that we already know, move the story on. If you're going to make a film, move the story on. What has happened? You know, like, why are we having to come back to it? Don't just repeat the stuff we already know and do it badly. This works for, uh, I'd say after this, we should definitely bring up at some point, um, remakes, because that's my big problem with remakes, is they're telling the same story. If you remake something or if you make an adaptation of something that already exists, you have to justify it. Yeah. So you have to change something or do something different to make it you're not just printing a carbon copy of something that exists or taking the you're taking out all the best elements of something. Mm. Um I'm I'm trying to think of a really good thing that would um I'm trying to think of something that, that that you would really like that I could butcher in the way that they do. You know how you really like Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Imagine if Hamilton had no songs in it. Yeah. It would be like going, do you know what's wrong with this This really good, well-beloved stage play is if it wasn't singy. Yeah. That would be really smart. Although, <laughs> ah, we'll talk about something that's singy in a minute. Um, also, we kind of can't skirt around with a couple of these films. There is some blatant whitewashing that occurs. Yes. Um, that's not okay ever. No. Um, the the fact that characters who are known to be from a particular area or a, a area that is based on a real place, you can't then go, well, yeah, but what, I want them to be white. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do that. Like, I mean, I know that Disney have a bad habit of doing that especially with that earlier stuff yeah um, i mean early disney did a lot of bad things yeah. so but i have to say they are doing better i'm not saying they're perfect they're not, they're not there but they're working on it anything like you know don't don't scream at me in the comments but like you no. know they are getting better they're they're, they're working on it they're yeah. you know they took one of their films that is quite bad, I'd say Dumbo. There is very little of that film that is redeeming and nice and has got some very bad racism in it. And they kind of remade it. They probably shouldn't have done. But they did. They changed it. They made it. They took out the bad elements of that and they from, tried. From so do you know what? Hats off to them for that. With Dumbo, actually, is that they took out most of it but didn't take out one of the worst bits. Is that the pink elephants bit? Yeah. <laughs> we talking about that's why everyone loved that film. Yeah. Was the the traumatizing bit where the child elephant gets drunk. So um yeah so yeah uh, Disney. <laughs> that's, Disney. That's Disney. Should, should you know what, should, we should talk about something that I know you want to get around about that kind of links with Disney. It's Disney yes. Pixar. It's Disney Pixar's Inside Out. Yes. So. When I first watched this film, and I imagine if you've only seen it once, you're probably of the same mindset, because I know that it was very well received at the time. Yes, it did Um, really well. Yeah, a lot of people loved it. But then the more that I've sat there and thought about it, and I have rewatched it since, 
the more I dislike it. The whole premise of the film is that you have emotions. And obviously, of course we do. But it's, it's like we are controlled by separate emotions. So you have happy, sad, angry, jealous, whatever. And it's, it's like... Disgust and nervous, I think. Yeah. And it's like, that's not how emotion works. And the message that you're sending to the child is, be this incredibly joyful, happy person. <laughs> like, like, you can see where someone came in with good intentions for that film, is yeah. what I'd say. They came in where they wanted to teach kids it's okay to have emotions, and yeah. it's okay that sometimes you'll be sad, but you'll be happy, and you can be mm -hmm. nervous, but also angry. I don't know. The only one that really works as a combo for the, what they were trying to teach is um, the happy and the sad one. You can have yeah. both, whereas any of the other combinations don't really work. Yeah. If you overthink them too much... Um, also the fact that there's a major point in that film where they could have solved it in two seconds yeah. is my other main issue with that film for anyone who has seen the, or knows the film you know it that the crux of it is they have to get the core memories back to the mm -hmm. the, 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 the weird thing um, <laughs> where her eyes are apparently or something yeah. and they, they have to climb and travel through her brain whatever it is you can tell I really liked the film and um <laughs> But there's at one point you see there's a tube that takes a memory of a annoying advert straight there. Yeah. Why don't they put them in that? Because <laughs> that would have been smart. <laughs> because that would have solved the film in two minutes. Yeah. And we're not allowed to do that. And we had to have this whole growth and development. Yeah. And also murder an imaginary friend. Yeah. That was just kind of like glossed over quite... Um, quickly by them wasn't it like oh yes we murder nothing also nothing the, 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 the pit of forgotten memories is quite quite a troubling concept yeah um also i don't think that's a particularly true thing yeah you probably will forget memories you will forget you know what you had for dinner every day yeah for the past 10 years but a some people don't yeah so i'd love to see what their memory store thing looks like um according to inside out logic and um also you can have you can see something and your memory will come back a memory yeah. that you've not thought about for ages will reappear in their world that doesn't happen yeah i guess because that's how brains work yeah the other thing that like so obviously we're inside a child's brain which is why she still has all of her emotions separate mm. um but then you see like inside the dad's brain and inside the mum's brain and it's the exact same emotions except for the dad for example it's they just the them. angry one they also all have moustaches and the mum yeah. one they all have like glasses and yeah. that's a teacher i think because you do see inside a couple of adult brains yes yeah. and jot my the one bit of that i really like is when she bumps into the teenager boy and you see inside his head brain and everyone is running around freaking yeah. out going girl girl do you know what do you know what? i'll go on a limb probably teenage boys brains are a bit like that probably um, that's probably the only accurate that's the one. probably the most accurate part yeah. of that film um but, i don't know teenage boys let us know um <laughs> but it's like you're then saying that for a child, the message that you're saying is a child's emotions, while they're a child, are separate. 
and that's fine because you know you can learn to deal with them but then you have to choose an emotion to take into adulthood that whilst you can still be happy your baseline emotion is going to be anger you can still be sad but baseline emotion is going to be anger because they're all angry it's just that there's a sad angry one and that's the um jealous angry one the bus driver is the one that has all the angers because uh... I was, I've been trying to think about it. The other part of I do like is when you see inside the cat's brain and they're just all wandering around doing fuck all. Yeah, yeah definitely makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it also explains why cats randomly freak out at one point. Yeah. Um, also, the thing I didn't like is apparently those those are your set emotions that you get. Yeah. Where even when because you see as you said we see inside the adult's head they still only have joy, sadness, anger, disgust, and nervous. Yeah, I think I'm we sorry. Keep changing I have them. more than five emotions. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. I, well, apparently I am an adult, but I don't think I'm an adult yet. Um, <laughs> but even when I was what I think Riley's meant to be in the film thirteen or something. Yeah, probably. Probably when I was thirteen, I definitely had more than five emotions. Yeah, I mean, everybody... I get they're simplifying it for a film. Yeah, but I think you shouldn't teach kids there's only five emotions. Yeah. And you shouldn't teach kids that they have to be happy all the time because when they grow up, their emotion could end up being an angry emotion like the bus driver. And it's like, we, you need to not oversimplify things like emotion and talking to people when you're feeling sad. Like, it needs to be normalised, but I don't think this is the way to normalise it. I mean, I think probably... That film is fine for a young kid mm. if you just want to show it to them and say, look, it's okay to have emotions. It's normal that sometimes you're nervous, sometimes you're sad, sometimes you're angry, sometimes you're disgusted. Um, these are, Again, I don't get... Why is disgust there? I have no idea. Is disgust an emotion, really? Is that like one of the heavy hitters' emotions? I wouldn't have said so personally, but seemingly it is. Okay, I guess they needed a fun one to poke fun at broccoli i also have a problem with that because i like broccoli and always yeah, have i think so, the thing is like they needed one for like color wise you know yeah i think probably that's the thing they had a color palette and then they just needed things to fit yeah so um i was saying offense for orange being left out yeah purple left you out. get one no Do nervous I? is purple oh okay of course it's purple <laughs> i was about to say the best i can have is red which means i get anger yeah so, good thing our emotions aren't dictated by favourite colours, otherwise yeah. I'd be really angry all the time. Oh, no, wait, some people think I am. And I'd be uh, really nervous all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, wait, yeah, hang on. Uh, yeah, kind of, um... Never mind. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, let's move on, because we are quite a ways into our time already. Mo- moving on to something else that will make Becca angry. Yeah. Uh, it's all right, we'll, we'll keep this one, I'll try and keep this one short and sweet. Um, because this is a film I have a problem with, and it is called Indiana Jones 4, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And this film could quite simply be solved by not existing. <laughs> there we go. And that's yeah. today's hot take. Hot take. <laughs> the, the Indiana Jones is a trilogy about a man who kind of thinks he's an archaeologist, but is not an archaeologist. <laughs> and I don't know how he got a professorship. Um, and, yeah... It's the film that has him survive a nuclear blast in a fridge. Yeah. You can't really come back from that, and that happens in the opening. Yeah. 
Also, CGI a go-go in that film, and it's fucking dreadful. Again, a film that used to do practicals, and now they don't, and... Yeah. Sometimes but, you think, instead of doing CGI, why don't they just do animation? It would solve a whole lot of problems. <laughs> I know. There's a, there's a beloved film trilogy that was really good and really loved, and the main star's still alive, but now he's in his, like, 70s. Should we bring him back and make him do some more? Yeah, that totally works. Yeah... I get that they didn't want to remake it. Just leave it alone. Again, you couldn't remake. You can't remake it because you couldn't improve upon it. Leave it alone. Make a different thing. Yeah. And I say this. This follows nicely. We'll talk about remakes for a bit because mm-hmm. remaking a film, as I said, if you are not improving upon or changing something, it does not need to exist. And there is a prime example of this, and it is called Psycho. For anyone who hasn't didn't know, there is a remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, the the wonderful black and white norm, um, film. They remade it with Vince Vaughn, of all people. I don't know why they chose him as Norman Bates, but there we go, replacing Anthony Perkins being amazing. And you know, Psycho has got many problems as a film. There are many things wrong with Psycho as a film, but. It's a good film. And Alfred Hitchcock was a very good director. It's a very well done film. Mm. So the remake is a shot for shot remake, just in colour with different actors. Yeah. What is the point? Why am I going to watch Vince Vaughn be creepy when, and kind of really pervy? When when Anthony Perkins did it, it didn't feel as weird. Yeah. That is a All good the, question. And like the reasons the, the the psycho looks the way it does, the way it's shot the way it does, is because of the constraints Hitchcock had to deal with. That's why it looks the way it does. That's why it's so amazing as a film and why it should be noted as an amazing film. Mm. The fact that they decided to keep all of the things that he did in because of the constraints he had, don't make sense. The only thing they changed was make it colour and make the actors different because they couldn't really bring back the previous actors. Um, So it doesn't need to exist. No. And this is my issue, like uh, people may have heard, my issue with the the Disney remakes. Yeah. Like, I, I know that we have a different opinion on this because I actually quite enjoy some of them. Yes, I know. You're, I'm not going to begrudge you. I don't mind people no, having no, a different opinion to me. Um, but like, people seem to think I don't. But yeah, and it's like there are some of the remakes that just do not make sense. Like, why do a live-action remake of The Lion King? For starters, you can't have a live-action Lion King. It's not a live-action because it's, CGI. it's all CGI. It's a Same CGI with shit show. The Jungle Book. Again, you can't have a live-action CGI. The The only difference with The Jungle Book is because the boy, the young boy in it, is actually, you know, jumping over things and, you know, he is still doing some practical effects. He's, he's, yeah, he's running around a set. He's reacting yeah. to, to probably big green cutouts or yeah. people of things. Whereas in The Lion King, there's nothing. It's all made in a computer. Yeah. It's... Which is just stupid because the animation is so much better. <laughs> yeah, you know I will rewatch uh, the the animation that came out in '94 
over the remake, this live yeah. action mess because it already look it's just not nice to look at. No. You look at the other the, the original, it's bright, it's colourful, it's charming. Yeah. Which is what you remember. Everyone can think of I can't wait to be king. That song is so bright, colourful, you've got yeah. all these wonderful visuals happening. And then you look at the the mess that was the, the new one and it, it took all the charm out of it. Yeah. I also have a personal grudge with it because they took out my favourite song. Yeah. I love the song Be Prepared. I understand the goose stepping is not okay. Do you know but what? You could have just Still have Scar have an awesome song. Yeah. Just take that bit out? Yeah. I mean... He's still an asshole and he's still doing everything he did in the first one. Yeah. The original, the superior one. Um, <laughs> why do we have to take... Oh, it's because Beyonce needed a song. Yes. Um... But um, there are a couple that I think they've done quite nicely, like um, the Mulan remake. It's not my favourite one because it's still not great, but they did at least change the story. That's that's the thing. I was impressed with that. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't actually watched the Mulan yet um, because I, I for ages I was in two minds about it. And I understand. That was the thing I liked. They changed it. Yeah. I was really happy to hear that they weren't just doing the same fucking thing because that would have you know then it would have fallen into well why are we getting this yeah they still why got have they the done songs this? though didn't they they did take out the songs which is a shame because the, the the music in mulan is wonderful because it reflects the the changes she's going on particularly the song reflection yes it works which wonderfully is played in the background yes you hear it i know so you... why can't you sing it <laughs> Um, and I think the other, the thing I have with this, and I'm definitely leaving this out of this one, is historical accuracy because that's a yeah. different thing entirely. I'm not before anyone gets excited that eventually Becca's going to rant about historical accuracy in film. No, that's not a thing that's happening in this one. No, Mulan is based on a true story. Yeah, if you're going to change it and you want to try and stick to that, why not? Why not stick more to what really happened? Yeah. Like, you and have that, the freedom to do that. Because you can do the that film. now. And and I'm very pleased that, you know, <laughs> it's got a cast that is actually from the area where Mulan is from, yeah. rather than voiced by white people. Because yeah. um, <laughs> Mulan, what the hell? I think that a, a good one uh, that we have different opinions on is Aladdin. Yes. Because you really like Aladdin. I love the new Aladdin. I thought it was great. I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. So this is fun. See, this is why we are friends. Yeah. Because we can have different opinions and still we like can. each other. Yeah. But I, I thought it was great because it didn't stick to the exact same story. They did change a few things. Mm-hmm. They, um, you know, Aladdin got to... Um, explore a bit more of, like, the... Um, pickpocketing side of it a little bit you got you got to see more of him being the 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 street rat you hear about him being in in the other where they kind of cut to the chase yeah i i think and my 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 main problem with this film i really wanted to like it i did like a lot of it Mm -hmm. my main problem with the film is they did the dirty to will smith yeah he was made to impersonate robin williams and that's a shame because the bits where you see Will Smith being Will Smith's version of the genie 
is awesome because Will Smith is a fun, charming man. Yeah, he is. He's nice and he works for that role, but they didn't let him have the freedom to for that character to be his. Yeah. And Robin Williams's genie is a big role to fill. That is the thing that everyone remembers from that film is Robin yeah. Williams's genie. So that's already a lot of people were like, what the hell? Then you kind of saw the blue CGI and I was kind of like, what the hell? Yeah. What have they done to him? I was pleased that they kind of made it so he didn't have to be blue for the whole film because I'd yeah. have felt really, really bad for him. Um but that was nice. See, I liked that. They made it yeah. so he didn't have to be this ridiculous blue thing all the time. Mm-hmm. And the the I think the, the the one that shows how much how little control uh, they gave to Will Smith is the song "You um, Friend Like Me," mm. whatever it's called. Because if you listen to that song and listen to the '92 version, the Robin Williams version, he's made to mimic mm. certain things that Robin Williams does. Which makes sense for Robin Williams to do because that's the way he was. Yeah. And don't make sense for Will Smith to do. And probably someone meddled, someone demanded this. Because you do have a Will Smith version of that song at the end of the film. Yeah. And I like it. Because Will Smith is a singer. Mm. It's not like they got a actor and made him sing. They went and got a singer. And he's a quite a good singer, Will yeah. Smith. I'm... Um, you know, we're not going to talk about Wild Wild West because that film's just shit. But um, <laughs> he's done a lot of films where he's sung a soundtrack. Men in Black, that's quite an iconic soundtrack and that's mm. him. And when he got to be himself, like I know some people don't really like rap and you could have made it so it wasn't quite a rap version. It wasn't. I didn't really see that end song as a rap version. Mm. But there's certain inflections that he puts on in that song that are just taken from the Robin Williams version and I think that's a real shame for Will Smith um the thing that I do have to say like I agree a little bit with the whole he was made to mimic in that song but he did also have his own spin on it as well he did have the um in the beginning you know he's got like the here I go blah 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 you know he sings or raps that bit and um they change up some of the lyrics a little bit as well Mm -hmm. to sue um, Will Smith. And my biggest thing with it is that I can guarantee that more people would be upset with the film had they let Will Smith completely erase and do his own version of Robin Williams or of of the The genie. Yeah, the That's and, the thing. You, and you shouldn't erase be the same. Robin Williams from memory. I think more people would have had issue with it than otherwise. Yeah. If Robin Williams was still alive, it would be a completely different story mm. because he would probably have still been the genie anyway. Probably because he loved that. Well, yeah. he saw. I mean, that's a really interesting thing to look into. I don't think we've got time to talk about that. No, but he got done the dirty by Disney at that time. But yeah. I don't. Know why I keep using the phrase "done the dirty." I think it's in no. my head. Um, but yeah. The, the bits in that song where you get to see Will Smith, that's the bits that kind of made me sadder. Because mm. that's him being himself in them. And I'm like, yay, I love it. My, my thing is, when you find out a film's being remade, people have a reaction where they're like, well, it's not as good as the original, so I automatically hate it already. Yes. I don't think that's a good attitude. I know it sounds like I have that attitude, <laughs> but I don't. Generally, if I find a film's coming out, like I said, 
the thing prequel i was excited for it yeah. it was kind of hopeful for aladdin for once i found out he wasn't staying blue the whole time i was kind of like, okay i'll give it lion king i did kind of judge by its cover and you know what i was right too um <laughs> but um these um oh god what was my point gonna it was um yeah, I don't know why they did that though. Why did they make him do? I uh, people don't people have this. There we go. That's my point. Going coming back to me. Everyone's just heard my brain work. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't realize what they want until mm. they're given it. Yeah. People don't like change naturally. If you find out they're going to change something, people get really upset. Then they find out that, that that thing got changed, but they like how it got changed. They go, okay, I like that though. Mm. Because that's the thing. They want more, but they want it to stay the same, but they don't want it to be exactly the same. Yeah. This is where I say org- designing a film by committee is the worst thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you'll ruin something. Yeah. I think if you're going to hire a director to have a direction and to create something, let them do it. Yeah. I know a big meddler in a lot of films is a man who is a disgusting human being who I'm very pleased to see go, it was the Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. He was a big meddler of films and probably ruined a lot of movies. Yeah. But I think Disney's powerful enough and they're kind of getting their heads around it slowly. Mm -hmm. I think Aladdin is such a a famous and well-known one that they were probably a bit scared to change that song or to change it too much. Yeah. And that's the thing... Disney aren't gonna collapse if one film doesn't do well. No. So why not take that risk? I know Disney aren't gonna be listening to this and go, I'm gonna find a price, Becca. Uh if you do, Disney pay me. Um risk with the Lion King. They they took that risk with the Lion King, but they And it failed so miserably that they could not possibly redo it. <laughs> no, and but that was a film that didn't need redoing. None of it these didn't. films need redoing, to be fair. To be fair, though, I will have to say I do like the fact that they have remade um, Aladdin because Aladdin was one of those films where there was a heavy coat of whitewash applied, um, yes. to put it politely, and... You know, there were just some things in it that did need to be changed. Like, um, obviously, we know that the Sultan is under Jafar's um, spell. Yes. And you sit there and the Sultan's basically playing with a doll's house type thing, you know? And it's like... He's doing his little tower. Yeah. And it's like, why is this a thing? And why has nobody noticed that there is clearly a problem with the Sultan? Like... Why is everybody acting like this is normal? And it's not until Aladdin points out that he's under the spell that people go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whereas in the f- remake, he's still a very wise and prominent leader and he's still making good decisions. It's just Jafar's doing little. Yeah. Like, that's what I think. They, they changed, improved. They added in little bits that made more sense. Don't mind. Yeah. Um... Also, my other thing with Disney's older films, I will say, is why are all the villains queer coded? <laughs> that came up on something the other day. <laughs> why? why? Yeah. I think it explains why I liked all the villains so much. Yeah. But <laughs> um, the fuck? Yeah. I feel like Jafar's a real big one for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's let's soldier on. Yeah. I'm sure probably we'll have to do a second with these. 
Probably. <laughs> so fun already. I'm loving yeah. this. Um, I mentioned about cutting out the songs from Hamilton and how we'd come back to a singy one. And I mm-hmm. think probably everyone knows which singy one we want to talk about. Uh, it's uh, Sweeney Todd. No, um, <laughs> it's Les Miserables, the Toby Hooper one. Man who does not how, know how to make a film musical. God, that's one we should... We should... <laughs> Oh, why did we both? Fi- I think it's because we wanted to scorch it from our brains. And because I haven't actually seen it. No. Uh, for anyone who can't work out what film we're hinting at, it's the Cats movie. Yeah. It's did. Uh, uh, uh. Toby Toby Hooper. What the hell, dude? Also, when I first saw that he was directing, I mixed him up with the horror director called Toby Hooper, whose name is spelled <laughs> with an E. And you know what? I'd much rather watch his version of Cats because I it, guarantee it's going to be better. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to talk about Les, Les Miserables because we're going to ignore Cats because fuck it. Mm-hmm. Who wants to talk about that? <laughs> There's enough other people that do. Les, Les Miserables was... Again, they got a bunch of very good singers and Russell Crowe. And... <laughs> 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 Poor Russell Crowe, he tried. He did. Uh, but he's not a singer. Um, uh, I, li- I like Russell Crowe. I know he's an asshole. But I, I like just him. Say it, like, yeah. But whilst we're talking about Russell Crowe, right, there are no love songs <laughs> sung by Russell Crowe's character at any point in any version of Lim is ever, except mm. the one that he's in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't. I. I think Javert doesn't really have any real songs, and they thought, Do you know what Russell Crowe needs? A musical number. Uh, One not? where he sings about being in love. Yeah, <laughs> walking on a bridge. Yeah. Um, For what it's worth, the song itself is not actually about being in love. No, no, no. Listen to the lyrics. If all you've seen is the, the song... film, go and listen to the 25th anniversary um, yes, versions. Just They're go, amazing. Just, just watch that. Just watch that. Don't yeah. watch the film. Just watch that version because yeah. you'll hear wonderful versions of these songs. The song Stars is actually a really nice song. It's a song I really like. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of sad when Russell Crowe started up and I went, oh, you're singing this one, are you? Yes. And okay. Still not a love song. <laughs> still not a love song. But um, but you've got some really good uh singers in that yeah. in that film you've got fucking hugh jackman's got one hell of a set of pipes on him for yes. anyone who has seen any other thing where he sings uh-huh. um that does actually remind me of another film i have a problem with uh <laughs> come to that later um and um i'm trying to think of other people who are in it Anne hathaway Anne hathaway she does a hell of a, a yeah. good i mean rendition she's got of it. Amaz- she's got dream to dream voice. um they got a couple of people who are stage performers to do it. Yes. The thing is, is you can hear the difference. Yeah. Because for anyone who doesn't really know, they made the the actors record it live mm-hmm. in the sets instead of doing it in a studio, which is what they normally do with songs like this. They will put it in for anyone who thought it was all done on set. No, but Debbie Hoover showed you why it shouldn't be done. Yeah. Um, um, the thing with that is as well, because when you're filming... Things can go wrong. Something can sound in the background. Something can fall over on set. Also, you've got actors moving. Yeah. Jumping, walking, hitting into things. Yeah. Someone might fall over in the background without meaning to. Yeah. So you need to do a second take or a third take or a 50th take. Your voice, when you are singing, cannot handle 50 Mm. takes of the same song. 
over and over and over again. Also, none of these songs that they're singing are particularly, you know, nice little quiet da 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 yeah. songs. They're all huge production songs. Yeah. They're inspiring rebellion songs. They're redemption songs. They're all these big numbers where they're mm-hmm. really going for it. And you can hear it in their voices when they've ha- having to do this a lot yeah. a lot of times and the problem i have with um i've watched a few things where they talk about this and they'll use the first take from a day yeah but they still made him f- do like 29 more but they yeah. still used the first take mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> and why have you done this talking about the type of songs that they're singing you know they're big belty songs so why on earth is Anne hathaway sat down any professional singer will tell you you do not sit down to sing <laughs> ever yes. and also not because also she's it's not like she's sat on a chair no. she's sat crouched yeah. on a floor often leaning over herself because she's also trying to act in this moment yeah. and that's the thing these guys are trying to do and it's you know i'm not, stage actors do it all the time but it's different mm-hmm. because you're it's all from one point of view on a stage. Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't have nine cameras all pointing at you in different angles. And then someone yelling at you, no, can you just do this? But I want you to look over there and emote a bit more. Yeah, you're trained differently as well. Yes, you are trained incredibly differently. And that is why you can see the people who are theatre mm-hmm. people in these kinds of films. I'd say another one, quickly nipping back to Disney slightly, is... Um, the Beauty and the Beast one because they did the same thing. Yeah. Out and to a point in the Gaston song that's name's escaping me, you hear Luke Evans fall over mm. because it had to be kept in. They just cut away from it <laughs> in that edit, and but you hear the big stomp and the stagger, and then he carries on. But he's a theatre guy, yeah. so he knows how to carry on. Yeah, and that's not a detriment to the actors who also in Les Mis who aren't like. Shockingly, Hugh Jackman is a theatre guy. We've kind of hinted at that because he does a lot of singing. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Russell Crowe, probably not a big theatre guy, as we can probably tell. And the thing is, as well, with Hugh Jackman, he was, he's, his starting was in the theatre, but more and more and more he became he's film and, film actor. you know, TV, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, you lose that training you know your it's still something you have to keep still, up yeah your training is still there to an extent because as with all things it's like riding a bike you know you don't forget it just doesn't it's not as strong and no. there are certain bits you forget you know you forget how you're meant to breathe now that you're walking instead of when you're just standing mm. you forget the difference in breathing when you're sat down as opposed to standing and it's like <laughs> That's... You forget the tiny little things and you need to be trained back into that. Hmm. And, and you have to think have of all of that. That's the thing. <laughs> and they all have to think of all of this while also hitting their marks yep. for acting, remembering to interact with props, interact with people. Having When you have the huge numbers where there's loads of people, everyone is coordinated, you've got to sing above all that background noise as well. Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare and you can... That's why I'm saying... There is nothing wrong with not being a theatre actor yeah. on that calibre. It's fine. You can be a great singer, be in a musical, just mm-hmm. as long as they don't try and do what Toby Hooper did, which is what I'd yeah. say. Like I hinted at Sweeney Todd earlier. I love that film. They do the thing where they they sang not in the studio. They sang in a booth. Yeah. The songs sound great. Yeah. 
Because the thing is as well, like, I mean, obviously, of course, because all the Frozen films, for example, are um, cartoons, animations. Yes. So you can't actively live sing because you are live singing because... Yeah. Magic. Um, but, like, you know, so you have to you have to record it in a booth. And they can tweak it and they can add the backing music to it and you can make sure that the timings are all correct and if somebody hits a flat note then you can bring them back in and be like hey you hit a flat note we need to do this whereas nobody and i can promise you this nobody will ever sing a song perfectly 100 percent every single time are you telling me that doesn't happen? That doesn't happen. Madness. And so you're wanting them to do that live for a film? Like, even even people on Broadway do not sing the same every single time. They're not you can, perfect. You can go and see a Broadway show with the same cast two nights in a row. You might not have the same version of a song each night. Yeah. It will be the same words, the same meanings. It will just be sung differently. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. No. It's just... <laughs> Toby Hooper, why you stupid motherfucker? Yeah. Um, you, you know you, how we always have the um fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, be... Toby Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, fuck you for making cats. Just making cats completely. Fuck yeah. you. Um, um. So yeah, Fame is was again. It it's a shame because it's visually a great film. It is. It it's got a really good cast. Yeah. And they got they. And my phrase of the the phrase of the episode, they got done the dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I think if anybody else had done this film, it wouldn't have been this live action. It wouldn't have been as bad. Chaos. <laughs> I don't think. I I hope it wouldn't have been as bad. Maybe it would have been worse. You know what? Been. I can guarantee that I'd have liked the film more if there was no singing in it compared to them singing it live. <laughs> Um, have you seen the other version where they're not singing? Yeah, I don't like it, but I like it more than the li- than the live singing version. <laughs> or is it Tom? So it's Tom Hooper. I keep calling him Toby Hooper. It's Tom okay. Hooper. This is how Tom much Hooper. I don't like him. It, his name is Tom Hooper. Okay. Uh, I am very sorry, Tom Hooper. It's because I don't like you. Um, and also sorry to Toby Hooper. Well, Toby Hooper is great. I actually sang the praises of Toby Hooper because he's the one that does the horror, yeah, and he would have just. There might be another Toby Hooper. There could be. Where... Sorry, Toby Hoopers. Yeah. Providing you're not Tom Hooper. Yeah. If you're related to Tom Hooper, can you go give him a slap and tell him to stop it? Yeah, tell him he's not allowed to make movies anymore. But why going like topic? Yeah. <laughs> shame because also the two like he did before that were quite good. Yeah. He did the King's Speech before that and a film called yeah. Damn United. Those are both very good films. Yeah. Then he went and just ruined it. Yeah. But let's move on to a different film series that that has. A few issues going on with it. Yeah, this uh, one is kind of more an honourable mention one rather than yes, an honourable mention one. We'll like, do this. Discuss ten minutes of worth of why we don't like these films, but this is the Taken series. Yes, because there needed to be more than than one. Yeah, because the entire thing with this film and these series of films is, what are you doing to make people so angry that they kidnap your people? And. Liam. Liam, what did you do? Because like, the, the the first one as a standalone film, do you know what? Okay, she yeah. gets kidnapped because she goes to 
France and yeah. is a bit too trust. Well, her friends a bit too trusting. Yeah, which, okay. You know, sometimes does happen. That's, that happens. Yeah, I was about to say that. Ha- scarily, that happens in the real world. Yeah. Then we needed two and three, did we? Where his daughter gets kidnapped again by the people he, who the friends or family, the people he killed in the first one. Yeah. And it's like, hang on. Uh, Liam Neeson's got a very particular set of skills. He's also apparently really good at randomly picking up enemies. Yeah. I think the real thing that should have happened is, especially once we're getting into the second and third film, just gone, you know what? Maybe she wanted to be kidnapped. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe she did. <laughs> maybe but, she you know, wasn't I, actually in fairness, kidnapped. if it got to the third one, when it got to the third one, and I think she gets taken, I think his wife gets taken as well. Yeah. I, you know, I've been like, fucking keep him. Yeah, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> they I'm do the dramatic enough. phone call moment, yeah. and they're like, "We have your daughter." And he's like, "She's yours now. Bye." Yeah, I'm going on holiday. <laughs> they're all just like sat there, like, "But what about the money?" And then give them back because they're super annoying and uh, they're super not going annoying. anywhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're yeah, not it... my favorite films. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I like the first one. I'll hand up a minute. I like the first one. Because it's a dumb action film I don't have to think about. That's what I like about it. I wouldn't say I like yeah. it, though. <laughs> uh, but then again, you are talking to someone who also likes really bad monster movies like Anaconda and Eight-Legged Freaks. True. So, moving on to a film that we will try and do quickly because I don't want to talk about it too much because it's shit. Uh, we're gonna and end I with haven't the film. seen it. so And you've not seen it, so we're going to be really brief. Don't, just don't. That's my, my, my crux for this film. Don't. Yeah. And that is the Suicide Squad film, the 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 one the first one that came out, where they decided that every character needed three introductions in that film. Uh, Jared Leto's Joker was apparently way more interesting than he was, because for a man who looks like a shit TV version of a pimp, um, you know, like every pimp stereotype, mm-hmm. he just he's just that. And just more annoying, because he thinks he's really cool. That's just Jared Leto coming through, though. Yeah. But every character in that gets, like, three introductions for no reason. Um, they kind of, like, we need a really bad guy. Okay, we'll, we'll get Enchantress. And her, oh, what's her thing? Oh, she kind of wiggles around in a bikini, and then there's a big monster. Okay, <laughs> why does Killer Croc, who is a terrifying bad guy... Look like he's got a skin condition and is wearing trainers. <laughs> Why is the giant crocodile man wearing trainers and a and a jacket? He shouldn't fit in clothes. He should be huge. Do you know what? Fucking Arkham City games, Arkham Asylum. That's the killer croc I wanted. Yeah. And instead, I got a fucking the <laughs> Super Mario Brothers film Goomba with a skin complaint. That's what I got. Why? Fuck you, Zack Snyder, you motherfucker. Um, I've nearly made Becky choke on her tea. I'm so sorry, darling. Um, <laughs> I have a real problem with Zack Snyder and Zack Snyder's ego because that's definitely an, its own entity. Yeah. Um, he thinks he's really, really good. He's not. What he's good at doing is taking a comic panel and putting it on a film. Yeah. If he requires any imagination... Um, please also see the Justice League movie. 
um, which we're not going to talk about because otherwise I'll get really angry and carry on. And uh, we're definitely not talking about the Snyder Cut of that film coming out because that's what we need, more cuts of these things. Yeah. That will make them better, surely. Surely. But Suicide Squad, it did a lot of, it had a lot of rewrites, it had a lot of trying it was just a film that was trying too hard i know Mm. there's a lot of people that liked it i know there's a lot of people that didn't like it no prizes for guessing what side i fall on um but it took a bunch of characters that i really loved a plot i really liked it had everything going for it and it went and kicked it in the crotch yeah my god why did you do that to harley quinn why (laughs) john again will smith poor dude he yeah. was he was good in that. He was okay. Didn't mind him. Everyone else was. Everyone's just doing the dirty to Will Smith. Everyone's doing that. Why, Will Smith? Did you make a deal with a devil at some point, Possibly. and it's now coming back to bite you? <laughs> Possibly. That's probably the only explanation. That's that's got to be it. Hope yeah. Will Smith. I hope you break it and you get to go back to being good films. Now you've yeah. stopped trying to put your son in them. It's really helping. Um, <laughs> Ah, remember After Earth? That was a film. (laughs) And on that note... On that note, let's end, because otherwise I'm going to just keep going. And I don't want to, because I think Becky might murder me. How am I, do you? (laughs) Oh, I think because you have to download this episode. Oh, yeah, true. You have to Um... sort it. (laughs) Okay, so tell us your fact, then. I need you to go first, because I accidentally got rid of mine. Okay. Um... (laughs) I will tell you my fact. My fact is that puffins use twigs to scratch their bodies. Which is so cute. I know. Because they have, um, uh, like, you know, their, their beaks are just so beautiful. So why, why would you want to use that to scratch your body when you can pick up a, a twig? Also, I just love the idea now of seeing puffins picking up a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> having a little lid. it's so cute we're definitely sticking with doing cute animal facts now this is definitely staying because i'm yeah. loving it um i, I i've refound my fact because i didn't want to get it wrong um because it's adorable and i immensely identify with it and i'm pretty sure you will too <laughs> it's about accident prone animals okay. basically about 50 apparently around 50 percent of orangutans have fractures in their bones that have healed and stuff because they keep falling out of trees oh I love orangutans at the best time, but find out that orangutans are as accident-prone as I am. That makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's not that I'm just, you know, I'm just living up to my my orangutan ancestors whenever I'm hurting myself accidentally. It's definitely what's going on there. Definitely. Definitely. So So, that was, yeah, we'll stop stop talking about movies now. Yeah. Kind of. And thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, remember you, Wilson. Follow our social medias, Twitter, yep. Facebook, Instagram, join our Discord, follow our tit, Twitch, not Titch, Twitch. Follow our tits. All um, uh, of the links are, as always, in the description box. And, and the episode next. 12.5 will be the one that we've all been waiting for. Well, the one, the one that Becky's been waiting for. Oh, I was going to do a really dramatic, like, you know, with films She's where they're like, the one we've all been waiting for, the biggest thing of the episode season. Episode of the summer? Yes. Will this be the number one in cinema, in, well, in people's ears this yes, summer? it will indeed. Apart from the fact that it's not coming out in summer. Yes. It is going to be 
the Tolkien rant. Going to be Becky's Tolkien rant. Yes. As I said, I think we're, we're, I'm definitely styling this now. Or we're going to style it. Is can Becky convince me Tolkien's not a good author? Yeah. I will. <laughs> I think after, when this one goes. Um, actually, I think we mentioned it in the previous one. So I yeah. will put the poll up actually. Is will she be able to convince me? And I'll have it end uh, just before uh, the, the next one. And yeah. we will find out if what you guys think. Um, can she do it? Can will I she convince it? me? Let's wait and see. You so. have to wait until 12.5 to find yeah. out what happens. And on that note, note, we will talk at you in the next one. In the next one. Stay safe. Stay home, everyone. We yeah. love you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye